Welcome to the Best in Beauty podcast, where you can get inspiration and strategies to help your spa and skincare business reach new heights. I'm your host, Claudia Fabian. Let's get this beauty started. I am so excited today on this episode of the Best in Beauty podcast. I have been wanting this guest on the show. (laughs) I'm a huge fan, and I'm just so excited to share all of her knowledge with all of our listeners today. So I'd like to welcome Joelle Lee, a celebrity esthetician and skin of color expert. Welcome, Joelle. Hi. Hi, Claudia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, you know, as I said, I was very excited to have you here as well. So I just want um, our audience just to know who you are. So before we get into what your mission is here in our industry with treating skin of color, let's just start from day one. Like, how did you get your start in skincare? Well, I was in Chicago at the time. I actually moved there and I was going to college and I was waiting tables and I was like, I want something else to do. Okay. So I'm in there, I'm in college and I was going to an esthetician at the time and I was expressing to her how I love the beauty industry, how I always gravitated to skincare. And she was explaining to me how if I became an esthetician, how I could incorporate that into going to school, I could schedule my own hours. Like if I didn't want to wait tables anymore, it was another route to go because I was really interested in all of the treatments I was getting as well as I was doing little treatments on myself at home. So in the middle of college, I decide that I'm going to go into aesthetic school. And I really, really fell in love with um, the whole program. I was very fortunate to be at an excellent school. I was very fortunate to have an excellent instructor. My instructor was a Sedesco um, certified instructor. I was really a person who things really fell in place for me as soon as I made this decision, like all the little pieces fell into place. And we actually had a physician come in and teach our physiology and anatomy. Like it was just, they had never happened before. She had never taught before. The doctor never came before. Everything's happening inside my one nine month class. Okay. So (laughs) I was like, this needs to turn into something. So that was actually how I actually got it started. And then that same physician that came in, I actually started working for immediately after I graduated. Wow, that's very fortunate that you got to go right from school working for such an amazing and dynamic doctor. And what was his specialty? So he was a plastic surgeon Mm. and he was a black plastic surgeon, which was also very impressive. But he had done, um, I want to say he called it like, a specialty in skincare because he was concerned about skin care or overall care of his patients. And I want to say that when I got to Chicago, the esthetician licenses had only been around for about seven years. Um, the skincare industry was just starting to build momentum. It was very new to a lot of people in a lot of positions, but I felt he was a little ahead of his time with a lot of things. And he already had microdermabrasion machines, laser machines, like he was ready to go. And this had to be in 2020. Um, wait a minute. Yeah, I think it was 2021. Wait a minute. No. Post, post um, 2001. 2001. I'm sorry. 2001. 2001. Okay. And 
he was just always cutting edge, right? So I trained with him for four years. I trained with him in office. I trained with him at a hospital and I worked with him in a burn unit. So I got to learn how to heal burns. I got to learn, I was his assistant in all areas. I learned all the modalities. So I'm able now, you know, that foundational education that I got is a lot what I share with other estheticians. That's amazing. And so it sounds like once you got your taste of working as an esthetician and in beauty, you never looked back on whatever it no, is. I did finish my degree. Oh, and you did. I, okay. My degree is in business. Um, I, but I did not go back right away. It was like, I would think I was an institution. I want to say maybe three years. And then I finished the degree online because I was a full-time SC, but I did go back and finish it. Well, that's great. That's great that you did that. Um, but yeah, like once you start finding your passion, it it must've been like, okay, such a dedicated thing to like go back and finish something that you wanted to complete for the sake of completing that, but your passion was already ignited, right? With- yes, and I didn't have any idea of all that the industry had to offer. Mm-hmm. I didn't get all the opportunities till those things started to happen because the esthetician that I went to was very limited or she specialized in only a couple of things. So she wasn't even on the medical side of things, mm-hmm. but being exposed to the medical side of aesthetics, aesthetics really opened up all the opportunities for me at that time. That's amazing. And then I know your journey took a very exciting turn. Um, You are, well, a well-known celebrity esthetician Mm -hmm. um, in your career and you worked at the White House. I mean, that, I mean, who can say that on their resume? That is just, I I have to be nosy and kind of. I know, it's fine. I have to You're not the only one that's been nosy, Claudia. Okay, okay. I just am so curious because, um, you know, I know that, you know, to respect the privacy of, you know, some of your um, clients, but I do, I would like to know, like, how did that happen? How did you get discovered to do that? And can you walk us through that experience and in a, in a way? So the crazy thing about this is, well, I don't know if it's crazy or not, but I guess you want to say again, I kind of knew I was on a certain path because Things would just happen to me that you would not believe in. What most people don't know is that I was living downstairs from Michelle and Barack Obama. Okay, so when I was going to aesthetic school, they were my neighbors. Okay, and I wanted to practice, you know, I'm I'm asking to practice and all of that. And my physician that I worked for, wife, was friends with Michelle Obama. So I'm telling her I need to practice. She's like, I can bring her in. Um, we could practice on her, but at this time, people have to understand they're just Barack and Michelle. Like there's nothing a time. He's not a Senator, you know, she's a lawyer and he's a community activist working his way up. Like, and he's, you know, wants to run for Senate. I think he ran for Senate while I was working with the physician, but they're, they're not famous is what I'm getting at. Okay. However, the physician I work for is seeing celebrities, celebrities I was exposed to very early in my career. We would be called to movie sets and things like that. And celebrities would come in and have um, plastic surgery and things. So I, I was being exposed to celebrities before she was famous. Okay. Now, once he started running, I don't see her, you know, when he goes out to run and you know, I want to say it's like three years 
I don't see her at all, you know, and when he wins, the hairstylist moved there and the um, personal trainer moved there and the hairstylist was my client too. And there was a makeup artist there who knew me. But what I was told by the stylist was <laughs> um, there was hesitation to bring an esthetician there, th at least move an esthetician there because an esthetician is not needed daily. Okay, it's more of a once a month, maybe, or whatever. So long story short, an esthetician's going there, she's not pleased. Um, and they have a meeting about, do you think Joelle would come? You know, <laughs> you think Joelle would do this? And <clears throat> I even started relocating because I, again, I was having a feeling. I was like, you know, I need to position my life and myself just in case. And I'll never forget how this happened to me because my phone is ringing for like two days and it, the screen is black, okay? There's there's nothing, it just rings. So I think there's something wrong with the phone. So I'm saying to myself, I gotta go to the store and they gotta fix my phone because sometimes when the phone rings, there's nothing on it, it's all black, you know, and I'm going to do something wrong with the phone. And so finally, <clears throat> excuse me, the stylist gets in touch with me and he's like, why don't you ask me? And I'm like, <laughs> and he's like, Michelle Obama's been trying to contact you for two days. The assistant, and I was like, is that who that is? You know? So he's like, that's crazy. So um, he says, I'm standing here and their phone's going to ring. I want you to pick it up. So the the best thing about this call was when I said hello, she said, I'm so and so, I'm Michelle Obama's assistant. And we this was this is hilarious. She goes, We were wondering. I I don't know, but would it be okay? Would you mind coming to the White House? We don't want, and I was like, before you even finish. Like before you even finish asking, let me just say yes. I know this is like what you gotta say, but let me just say yes. So um I'm like, yes, but it then it followed with what it meant to say yes, you know, the vetting, the um things you have to go through to actually be allowed to go there. Mm -hmm. And I guess the rest is history, you know. So I, I ended up there and that's really how it started. But I, I really, you know, I'm honest with people that I knew her. So I don't want people to think I was just somewhere as this fabulous esthetician in the White House called me. No, that is not what happened. They knew me. So and they just felt better as well. I've already, you know, had a service with her or services with her. I know her. I know my girlfriend knows her. The physician knows like that everyone could vouch for me and my clients were there that I was treating as well. So it was just, a, it was, it really happened more organically. Mm -hmm. Well, that's really great. And so um, without, you know, divulging any privacy issues, what does a first lady get? Like, what were you doing on her? Like, tell us about some of the things that you can say about treatment. Sure. So my specialty at that time was chemical peels. 
And they were my go-to in a lot of situations. And it was still a time when people really thought people of color couldn't be peeled, okay? Or it had to be done very conservatively. And I had really developed ways to push the envelope in that area. I was um, bringing peels to other modalities, meaning if I microdermed, I peeled with it on skin of color. If I lasered, I peeled with it on skin of color. If I, you know, because... I was taking other treatments and elevating them because we were all trained to be incredibly conservative, but there came a time once I prepped clients that we had to take it up a notch or we had to do something more. And so I started combining treatments. Okay. So I knew that peels were going to play a role, but what was born out of this situation was my no downtime chemical peel method. Now, the thing is, when you're doing a high profile person, and I've even done people who've been on the news and things like that, you are having your picture taken every single day. There's no day your picture's not taken. There's a photographer at the White House every day. There's probably going to be someone here doing an interview. There's you, you, Your schedule's tight. But I would say let's say maybe 10 days out of the year, your picture wasn't taken. Okay, so you cannot go through any type of aggressive program because the risk of you peeling through the makeup or just having downtime is not going to work. So the, this is exactly, so we called ourselves the Floatus Beauty Team and we would all talk about, okay, what's what are we doing here? Like, what's the look? What are we going for? And that sort of thing. When I got there, the whole thing was glamour Christmas cover. Okay, this was the, going to be the biggest moment for her um, and her look, everything mattered. And to, the, to date, it is my favorite cover. It is, you know, what I am most proud of, even though we did amazing things the whole time. It was just when you take a look at her inauguration look and that picture on the cover of Glamour, you just cannot believe what happened. And what happened was, I came in and I think we did it weekly. I think I did weekly. It was either weekly or bi-weekly because I, it was on our schedule. But I did a series of pills for that to at least elevate her in time. There was three months before the shoot and then getting her ready. But anyway, a lot of my treatments revolved around the facials, the enzymes, and the pills. Um, and because she wore makeup every day, there was a lot of decongesting of the pores and things like that that she needed. Um, when you're dealing with a with a person like a first lady, her hiccups are going to be more. I'm my hair and face are done every single day, so there's you're trying to prevent. And this is a bad analogy, but the only thing I can think of is just you don't want wear and tear, you know. So you're like, okay, how do I keep you looking fresh? How do I keep you looking? your absolute best. But the key was, and this I would never get this because the stylist said to me, he was like, she can't ever look like she's getting something done. See, that was the goal. Joelle, we need her to look better every single day, but no one can know. Okay, like she can't go through a series of looking, she's in downtime of something. So that's when I developed the no downtime methods. How do I get the results I need? How do I have a step-up approach? How do I take clients to another level? without them ever worrying about the downtime. And I think that would appeal to a lot of working women because yes. I, for one, you know, being an esthetician as well, I never really enjoyed the downtime. Like I, I want to obviously have improvements, but I like 
that approach as well. I think you can get through your day and you can still wear makeup and, but yet you could still get results. So. Right. And I was, I was the same way. I did not want to be peeling five days. Um, I don't want to have to be closed in or away from work to do it. However, in all the years I've been training, there are a handful of estheticians who say to me, people want it. People come in and say, I don't feel like something is working unless I feel. So it's finding that sweet spot. So in my career, if you didn't want that approach, because that was my approach, I didn't mind saying, look, this is my specialty. This is how I do it. Um, you will be able to see results as you come in. But no, I am not going to start out aggressive and go backwards. So that was how really everything was born. My classes, the education, it was because I was creating a lot of my protocols and a lot of my education based on the experiences or the situations I was put in. And that's a really great segue into um, your platform now and what it's evolved to is teaching um, about multicultural skin and really educating estheticians um, of all levels of expertise on skin of color. Um, how did that evolve for you? Because I, you know, now you've, you know, you've had all this experience, you know, you've been in the industry, and now this is really kind of your mission is to make sure that this is being educated on. So how did that, how how did we get here? Okay, so most of us. Well, you know, I'm going to just holler out probably 100% of us were not taught skin of color in school. So I know at a foundational level, you weren't exposed enough to it. And maybe you weren't even doing skin of color clients in your school. You know, it just depends where you are. But what happens is estheticians get licensed and they only have fear around clients of color. They That's how they actually walk out like, Okay, if a client of color comes in here, what do I do? They, and it's hard to find education on it. So you have to understand that from, I don't know, six months into my career, I was already seeing clients who are being burned in a spa or medical spa situation. We're healing these burns. We're repairing the skin. So that started very early in my career. But I would say it maybe was three or four times a year at that time. But what was happening was every year, this was getting to be more and more often. And now it's just blown up tremendously, meaning this is happening weekly, daily, where people are being burned in these environments. Um, but when I started out, you have to understand, it was still not something a lot of people of color were, were getting done. And so it wasn't happening as often, Okay. Now, while I'm at the White House, this is when I, I have a product line, I, I write a book, I, I'm going to shows, I'm doing classes, and I'm I'm teaching, and I find out how bad people want the information. Now, I'll be honest, you know, at this point, I've been an esthetician 15 years. I was lucky enough, of course, to have a Black physician, okay, to teach me a lot, but I'm not, I'm still naive in thinking that, are we still learning from the same lady book? Like in my mind, it was, they gotta be teaching skin of color by now, you know? So, because when I became an esthetician, I didn't know really any skin of color estheticians. And I would go to a show and it'd be two of us in a Las Vegas show. Okay, so I, you know, number one, people of color weren't estheticians in 2001. Number two, 
um, people of color weren't always walking through the door having these treatments. So, but I'm thinking 2012, we're different. No, we're not. So the difference is more people of color are getting treated and more people of color are estheticians, but neither one of them know what to do. It kind of got born into, can you teach us? So I'm doing classes. I'm doing these face and body conferences. They've asked, you know, they said they're in high demand. More and more people want to know your information. Can you write a book? Can you do this? Can you have a class? So that was really how it was born. It was just a demand for it. And so, of course, I met that demand. So that's what, that's what we're here. I love it. I love that. And I'm so happy that you're doing this. This podcast is sponsored by Edgeless Beauty Pro, the distributor of the best in beauty, featuring Ultraceuticals, one of Australia's leading cosmeceutical skincare brands, now available in the U.S. to licensed professionals, real skincare, real results. Do you need a way to set your spa apart? Edgeless Beauty Pro offers Observe 320 and 520X, the latest visual engagement sales tool to empower licensed estheticians to give the ultimate skin consultations and increase retail and service sales by 40%. Take your treatments to new heights. Edgeless Beauty Pro also offers Altair's Diamond Tome DT2 Skin Resurfacing System for skin rejuvenation and that superior glow. Okay, so let's continue with our guest, Joelle Lee, celebrity esthetician and skin of color expert. So in our last episode, we were talking about how education really became something that you were made aware of. There was a need in the industry for it. And there really, truly is a huge need for it. Um, even in this quote unquote modern day and time that we're living, it's, yeah. it's still something that needs to be educated on. And I guess, you know, as an industry veteran myself, how did we get here? How has our industry overlooked this topic and how has why is this not more prevalent what you know no, let's just have an open I, dialogue I, about that like what what I, do you I've think it this is? question many times and this is my own view of it or pov if you will okay so aesthetics was a european-based industry and business model. At no time was it in any way designed for people of color. And I think that's something you have to get immediately. That this was an industry that never had its uh, plan or heart set on, we are bringing people of color into this. So just like any other business, they had a target market. And they were designing something that came from years of um, or a history of people who are not of color having these services done. Now, I'm not saying that people of color, color don't have beauty rituals and things like that. But what I can honestly tell you, and this is something you have to keep in mind if clients of color comes through your door is, it doesn't mean that people of color at home, and we are talking about going to the spa, that your mom and your grandmother and all of you have spa days weekly, that you got to have a facial, that you have to worry about, you know, tanning, that you're doing like, no. So there are cultural differences in beauty, okay? And there's cultural priorities 
Okay. So all of that you have to keep in mind, even when a person of color comes through your door, a lot of them have to be educated on the entire process of having treatments and committing to a series of treatments and what that means and what it means and why they have the conditions that they do. Because it might be very limited if how, of how they've been treating their skin all of these years, okay? So I'm not trying to be angry about it, right? I'm just saying that if you're of color and you come into an industry that never spoke to you, you that is why there's no information for you. That is why you're there and you, you don't have the education, the product or whatever, or the equipment is being designed because it was never in its, you know, initial startup designed for you. Now, the second part of this is, well, why won't the industry just step it up? Why don't they say, listen, this is happening. More people of color are coming through the door. We do need to get educated on it. We do need to upgrade product. We do need to upgrade equipment because here's the thing. If we've been in business 30 years and we're already in the market and we're already making our millions of dollars, we can change it, but we don't really have to, right? So until there's more people of color cutting into the bottom line, I don't have to do that, right? Let another company come in and target them. We've been good all this time. We're not going to change the protocol. We're not going to change how we do things, that sort of thing. And you have to understand these people are much older that own these companies. They've been in the industry a very long time. It's going to take new people to come in, new people with new ideas and a new approach to do that. However, I have seen some companies say, listen, we do want to be relevant in, in this you know, market. We do now want to be able to offer something ac across the board to everyone. But what I teach in my classes is this, the future is clients of color. So if you don't get it, whether you're the company side, you're the practitioner side or the business owner side, you better get on or you're going to be out of touch with the whole aesthetics industry. Because eventually it's going to be more people of color coming through your door than not. I absolutely love that. And that is just the God honest truth. I mean, yeah. um, I think you had given a stat um, by a certain year, like it's going to be no, it's by 2050, more than 50% of the U S yeah. population will be people of color. There you go. Yeah. So if you, even if you think you're solid, you, it's going to cut into your bottom line. So if you don't have anybody of color on your site, if you don't have anybody of color in the brochure, if you don't have products that talk to the conditions of clients of color, you are slowly going to be weaned out of this industry. And that's why I'm trying to help estheticians stay relevant, stay ahead of the game, already have that stuff in place, already have the training, already be able to provide services to them, already start gaining them as clients. So you're not playing catch up in your career. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole market out there that's being untouched. Absolutely. And it kind of ties into what we talked about earlier, which is because of the lack of education or the lack of, you know, even the efforts of skincare brands and companies testing their products on skin of color. Right. And therefore, they're not even teaching estheticians that you're getting all these skin 
mishaps and issues. Now, I can tell you yeah. why this skin mishaps. So this is a perfect example of why skincare goes wrong. I'm in a medical spa or I own a medical spa. I bought this laser and I bought these products. Now, the sales rep's going to show up. No experience. The sales rep's coming to do your training. Okay, the sales rep's telling you this Dior laser can be worked on offense. I don't want you guys worrying about anything. This company is already thinking maybe three people of color are going to come through this door. Like, go ahead and say whatever. So he's he's there. He's telling you this Dior. Look, our clients don't worry. This is the setting. In these three days, no matter what happens, you're going to be able to turn this on and use this machine. Our products are suitable for everybody. Our product, you. Know, you can do this peel on everybody. You can do, so they're all being told in the training. Listen, when people get burned, it's very hard to blame the practitioner if someone told her to put the peel on her. Okay, I don't know. I know we have to take some level of responsibility, but she was trained by the company. The company told her that she could do it. She's now in trouble because this person's burned and so forth. They want us to in the family. And this is what I talk to about clients who are burned. You have to go to the company that burned you, not necessarily the bit because you don't understand the level of training that they think they got that was legit. Okay. But going back to your point, I always say, ask for reports on all clients of color when they say it. Show me all your pictures now. Show me all the training you've done on people of color. Because if they can't provide you with data, if they can't provide you with efficacy reports on that, it's a no. You do not have a right to come in here and tell me that your product or your equipment is suitable for clients of color and you don't have one piece of paper showing me that it worked in that environment or anything like that's crazy to me you have to ask for the proof before you actually perform the service mm -hmm. or even decide that this is a line or an equipment company you want to go with you need that data yeah that is so true and you touched on a word that i know you feel needs to be updated or a system that needs to be updated and that's fitzpatrick you know, we are talking about Fitzpatrick's one, two, three, four, and five. And tell me why you feel from your experience that is just so outdated. I think you have a really great way of explaining. Well, again, it. because the people who are making a Fitzpatrick's card, again, is not thinking about the people of color at the time because someone of color is every color on the Fitzpatrick chart. My, you know, I, I give an example of my grandmother. My grandmother looks like a white woman fits one. She is black. Her skin operates like a fits four. Okay. So my point is, if you're going on skin tone alone, a person of color is every single color on a Fitzpatrick chart. So when the laser company comes in and says, look at the tone and push this button, if you don't get the hereditary background and have a full understanding of that person's skin, you are going to burn them severely. It is not tone alone. Okay. So, I mean, this, this is such an intriguing topic. And I know that, um, you know, you share a lot on your social media, which I think is so important. You, you offer 
free resources for people just to get started. Um, and that is such a wonderful thing that you're doing. Mm -hmm. And I really encourage people to go and find you on social media. And, um, you know, of course, we'll link everything in the show notes. But how can people find your classes? And how often are these classes happening? And where are they happening? So number one, for everything that I'm doing, you can go to joellelee.com and you will see the classes, whether they're in person or online. You will see if I'm having a free class, like this Sunday, I'm having a free um, training, but everything is at joellelee.com. But my upcoming class is in Toronto, which is at the end of September. That's a two-day class and it's one day of skin of color and one day of the aesthetics business. And that is um, the 24th and the 25th of September. But I think we're coming up on the last week to have a, buy a ticket to that event. Um, in November, I'm sorry, in October, I'm having a um, how to do a perfect facial or how, ways to do um, different type of facials and bring enzymes and peels into that facial. That is going to be in October. And I believe, forgive me, but I think that's October 15th. <laughs> and then in November, uh, November 5th, I'm doing an in-person hands-on chemical peel class. So the October and November classes are hands-on only, which means you're not having a full day of theory. When you come in, I do a little bit of theory in the morning and then we do each other all day. Mm -hmm. So we're actually hands-on in those classes. The class, the two-day class in um, Toronto is all theory. So I'm hoping by October to roll out the entire 2024 schedule for my classes soon so that everybody can kind of know uh, what's coming up in 2024. Yeah, and it's so- But important. I have classes now in person and as well as online. And then of course I have my online courses. Absolutely. And I just think, and I encourage everyone listening to this to take her class. It will do you a world of good. I don't care if you've been an esthetician for- a day or 20 years. This is information that you need to hear, you need to know, and you just need to reconfirm. Maybe these things you're doing well, and this will be a confirmation that, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm doing this right, but I guarantee you're going to learn a lot. Um, and in closing, what are, like, if you could give us today, just three things to get started, three things that we would need to know or consider before treating skin of color, what would that be? Well, I think definitely, and you touched on a Fitzpatrick's chart that that's huge. Um, and, and having that type of knowledge regarding that, because I know a lot of product companies and um, a product equipment, I'm sorry, equipment companies lean on that. Mm -hmm. And a lot of you base your decisions on that. And especially when you're getting into more invasive modalities, that's that's what you lean on. And so um, really having a full understanding of that chart pertaining to people of color is very important. But I think one of the main things that matters, especially when clients of color come through your door, is how much experience they may truly have inside the aesthetics industry and how much education may be required. And I think this is where things can go wrong for Essie's is educating the client of color. And without having the necessary knowledge you need, even being able to answer their questions can be a challenge to you or make you feel insecure or less confident. 
Okay, so that's a whole nother reason to be educated because they're going to be asking you a lot of questions. Some of you will be meeting a client of color who you're the first stop on their skincare journey. They're going to have a tremendous amount of questions and you having that ability to answer them confidently and have that correct knowledge to answer them, I think is incredibly important. So you have to consider their exposure to what you're offering them, their experience, uh, their past experiences maybe have been bad in a skincare environment and being able to assure them that they're safe in yours is all that you'll have to convey to a client of color. Um, the, another thing is incorporating some type of step up approach with them. Um, I do not believe in going, you know, very aggressive in the beginning with clients of color. There has to be protocols in place that are designed with some type of step-up approach, especially in your medical spa environment where you can um, build resilience in the skin for them and still achieve results at the same time, but really take baby steps with them to ensure there's no contraindications while you're treating them. And lastly, with clients of color, I found that you do have to take an inside approach. In other words, a lot of their skin conditions derive from imbalances in their bodies internally that they're not aware of, that we, we talk about in my classes and whether they're in my online classes or in-person classes, that if you're just basing everything externally on that client, and that probably should ring true no matter who the client is. They don't I, have to be necessarily a client of color. But I was I'm just going to say that. Right, like the inside approach should be happening no matter who it is. But I, I've worked in a medical spa environment and I can say that's missing. Okay. And I, I was lucky enough to be able to bring that to it. But in a lot of spa environments, it's three questions and let's go. Okay. I talk a lot about how extensive a consultation should be because you will be in a vicious cycle with clients, whether they're of color or not, if you don't know the root cause of their conditions. And that's usually lying inside and not out. Yep. Yep. All right. All right. I am so excited that we've had this conversation and to get the word out about this important topic. I'm very, also very passionate about it. And um, I just want to say that um, I was lucky enough to go to one of your classes. It was incredible. It was fun. It was insightful. I walked away learning so much. And um, it was just, again, I encourage everyone to take a look at it um, for your schools, for your spas for your med spas for your team you know and um and be a leader and be like you said um proactive about this because it is the future and mm -hmm. i think it's it, it's very exciting so thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and mm -hmm. uh, i really enjoyed this conversation and thank you so much for joining us on the best in beauty podcast and thank you for having me and giving me the opportunity to share my story as well as my education. So anytime you want me on, I'm happy to come and I appreciate you so much, Claudia. Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for joining us today. If you would like to continue the conversation, be sure to connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and on LinkedIn. If you would like more information on Edgeless Beauty Pro and our brands, please connect with us at edgelessbeautypro.com and get our education and event calendar. Sign up to get connected with one of our account executives to see if our brands are a right fit for your business.